What's up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, and this is the Wolf of All Streets podcast, where two times every week I talk to your favorite personalities from the worlds of Bitcoin, finance, music, art, sports, politics, basically anyone with a good story to tell. Now, almost a month ago to the day, the world collectively held their breath as Russia did the unthinkable and invaded Ukraine. Now, it seemed that Russia believed it would be a very, very quick war and that they would have very little resistance, but the people of Ukraine have fought like lions, both for their land and for their freedom. And now a month into the conflict, even though it's been a small part, the crypto community has played a role in supporting Ukraine through $60 million now in donations. Now, one of the people behind facilitating that entire effort is my guest today, who is Alex Bornikov, the Deputy Minister of Digital Transformation of Ukraine. Alex, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi. Hi, hi, hi everyone. Hi, Scott. So listen, I know you definitely can't talk about your specific location, but I know you are in Ukraine. I would love to hear what it's been like for you over the over the past month, uh, trying to operate and obviously run a government in the context of what's happening. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, I was I was in Cape when it all started in uh, heard explosions around six a.m. in the morning and. Uh, I spent a couple of days in, in Kiev, but then we decided to evacuate because it was impossible to work and uh, there was instant uh, shelling and, and jets flying. So um, we moved to our safe location. Yes, we are um, still in Ukraine and uh, we managed to restore the operations of the ministry because we felt that we need to do our best in order to help our country, help our people started to get an enormous amount of requests about what what's going to be next and and of course from from the IT industry from from IT experts uh, from many people that are in digital space and uh, um, well last month was was tough and uh, uh, especially first two weeks uh, even in the regions far away from the war, war zone, there are still sirens and people have to go to shelter because um, the possibility of airstrikes um, are almost everywhere. And maybe you heard they, they launch rockets even to Lviv, which is quite up in opposite side of Ukraine and killed a lot of people um, there. And they still continue to send rockets to fire those rockets uh, so you basically, well, you can be, you can be safer in some locations, but you cannot completely be safe in Ukraine uh, today. But still, so many people are staying here, trying to do again their best to ensure that they're not going to not going to take over. Um, and um, there's a lot of a lot of people in Western Ukraine. Um, it, like the, there are problems with gas, with their, with food, with some like medicine, and and um, I think it's going a little bit better. It's my personal observation, but during the first two weeks, it was like nightmare. And but then we started, we just dropped this and started to fight, started to fight back and. Uh, again, thanks to it's also important. Like, thanks to our militaries because they stopped and, and it gave us hope, and it was inspiring. But also the support of international community is also inspiring us to move forward, to fight back, and this is what we do now. What is the specific role and job of the ministry? Um, so before the war, 
we we were focusing on countries digital transformation so we basically trying to uh, do our best again to uh, move all the government services online build their state and smartphone so basically you will be able to you were able to communicate and interact with the government just using your phone and we did a lot of great things we came up with their uh, concept of government application dia which were downloaded by 12 million people of ukraine and there was like digital passport digital driver license um, digital car insurance car titles uh, birth certificates many other services and and uh, we were on the way to really completely reshape their uh, way government interact with their with its citizens also we were aiming to teach people digital skills increase the digital literacy of of our people uh, cover 95% of um, Ukrainian territory with high-speed broadband internet. And we had a, se a separate goal, which I was in, in charge of, to build uh, the biggest IT hub in Eastern Europe uh, here. So we were doing a lot of things. One of them, our flagship product is a sort of like special economic zone called DSCD. It's like Silicon Valley in Ukraine. And uh, with low taxes, with there so much other benefits for IT companies to incorporate them. And it was a great time. So, like every week, uh, some international company were opening R&D center or opening their office in Ukraine. So this is like a real boost uh, in Ukrainian IT industry before the war. So once the war started, it, of course, it's dramatically changed our focus to defend our country to fight back. And we decided to focus ourselves on a um, couple major initiatives. One of them is to, uh, of course, to support our digital infrastructure. Another one is to uh, get a word to Russian citizen through media coverage. So we gathered an IT army and IT army started to spread the truth to tell, because we believe that more we talk to Russian people because they, they're like in sort of a bubble and are under heavy propaganda. So we wanted to tell them what's really going on. We still continue, actually. We still go on. Uh, but also to disrupt their digital infrastructure. So 300,000 people join this IT army. And now we manage this part, manage other, some other activities. Of course, we still help uh, our IT industry just, but it's more like to survive rather than develop like it was before. It, it seems from the outside that pressure from your government and from your ministry has actually contributed massively to tech companies removing their services from Russia. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. This is what we call, it, it's another uh, thing that we started to do after the war. So we dedicated a lot of resources to do what we call digital diplomacy or some call digital blockade because we again we still believe that uh, uh, russians uh, has to be stopped uh, through economic means because they like unlike other nations they don't spend money on the roads on the building new hospitals schools um, increasing their uh, regular people uh, uh, level of uh, incomes, right? But they built rockets, tanks, bombs, and they just kill 
their neighbors, basically. So we think that this is not just about Ukraine. It's also about the safety of, safety of, of all the people in Europe, or maybe even more. And uh, I know this because uh, lately I saw the poll, some survey results that 75% of Russians support invasion to Poland. So we decided we have to do everything so their economy and the companies that work in Russia don't go not going to pay taxes anymore because they use these taxes for uh, to, to build and create means of war, not for like peaceful uh, things. So um, indeed, it was successful, and I know hundreds of companies already left Russia, and we continue to press on. It's an incredible story, and crypto has played obviously a major role in that. I think it was unexpected to see how much the crypto community worldwide came together to start sending donations directly to Ukraine to help. Can you talk about how that came together and how impactful that's been where those funds are being used? Sure. So um, it's all started in the first day of war because uh, National Bank of Ukraine severely limited the ability of uh, um, people and companies uh, actually send money, especially abroad. So we had to react and uh, Mikhail further told me, uh, the Minister of Digital Transformation told me like, let's create this crypto fund and uh, we can, so we would be able to get those money like really quick and, and be able to also to pay for the things that we need right now. Uh, and by that time we felt that we need to give everything to support our militaries uh, with non-lethal means. Uh, so uh, we, partnered with private exchange. Uh, they set up all these accounts and we announced that we get, we getting, we able to get the nations in crypto. And this was really beyond expectations, uh, to be fair. Um, we expected to get maybe a couple, I don't know, like million dollars, maybe 10, $20 million, but eventually, so, so far we managed to uh, get almost 65, um, so, uh, and, uh, and, and, and we continue to add some new tokens and, and because people already asking, like, we can uh, work with our community. We can show that, uh, our community want to help. Um, and, uh, this was really helpful and it's, it's really helping us. Yeah. I think everybody sort of famously saw Gavin Wood tweet, I'll yeah. send $5 million if you add my coin. <laughs> <laughs> They did, what right? We, we really, we really appreciate that Gavin would help because uh, it was not so hard to first of all to create his um, wallet and transfer it. So those money are being spent on on the help you know, on, on different things like medical supply, food rations, bulletproof vests, uh, helmets, and many, many other things that that we take from Minister of Defense because obviously they know what what's what's really is is a, is a priority and would you say that the money that's being sent via crypto is being put to use faster and it's more efficient than through other means yeah especially during the first days because it, it during the first day it's just so so much mess it was so hectic everything was just falling apart and maybe you remember that they were advancing really fast during the first week 
And of course, with with the such in the such circumstances, it's really I mean it's 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 really it's really hard to plan anything. Like right. if you're if you want to send wire, and wire is going to get to your uh, supplier in three days, but you, you honestly don't have three days. And you, you, you maybe in three days you're not going to live in this country anymore. So. This, this, there was tough, tough times. Now we can at least plan short term, but back in the days, it was not possible. So crypto was really helpful because we in 10, 15 minutes, we saw the transaction and it was relatively faster, much faster. I, I, I mean, I think it was a world altering moment, certainly for anyone in the crypto community to see the government of Ukraine tweet out those addresses. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I mean, really just incredible. And then to see the outpouring. So before the war, you talked about basically digitizing and modernizing all of your technology. What you described is so far ahead of what we have in the United States, right? Everything is clunky, our birth certificates, our IDs, none of that is digital. Were you utilizing any blockchain solutions to do that? Um, not really, but there were a couple pilot projects um, one of them were that uh, you were using blockchain in in, um, in the process of uh, um, selling uh, confiscated uh, goods, like our custom or our uh, minister of justice can confiscate something, and then they have to uh, sell it on the auction. So they were uh, so they've created a blockchain project to. Uh, to be transparent and and everyone would have seen that what what exactly is selling for in which order so not, because there's a high probability of corruption because if it's confiscated so it could be sold for coins you know so they were implementing this part but we were uh, once once I, I I failed to mention that uh, when the Ministry of Digital Transformation was created it was two years with Couple, three years and a couple months before, um, almost since the first day of the ministry, we told that crypto legislation is our priority, that we want to become the crypto-friendly jurisdiction. So uh, we, we were working towards uh, crypto laws, uh, passing them through the parliament, which eventually happened, but unfortunately, we finished this process right before the war. It's only signature of our president Zelensky left. So, but uh, he signed this like a week ago uh, in, in the war time. So, because we believe that, of course, this fund, crypto fund, was the, the inspiring thing for all of us. That so we need more move to, towards uh, crypto. But it's also because we want to send a strong signal to your uh, international community that once the war is over. We welcome any crypto company to Ukraine to work with their in, in, in our jurisdiction to incorporate companies here. What gave you the foresight to want to pass those laws? We've seen numerous approaches from nation states, obviously, with regard to crypto. Anywhere from El Salvador making Bitcoin legal tender to China outright banning it. Clearly, you guys have a vision for what you want. You've legalized crypto, one of the first countries really to make a stand and do so. Is that about wooing foreign companies in to make investments in Ukraine and crypto? Is it about the citizens having access to a superior form of money? What was the reason for it? Uh, well, uh, of course, 
it, it's not just one reason. It, it, it was about international companies and investments and, and taxes that Ukraine can, can get from those types of activities. But also because Ukraine has a huge blockchain community and there were so many people in Ukraine were using. And according to chain analysis, we were uh, in 2020, we were top one country in the world, uh, of, according to them, of crypto adoption index. So right. there are millions of people of Ukrainians were using crypto actually. So, and we think that uh, this is our duty as, as a government officials to uh, let them do this officially. Like if I'm Ukrainian and, and there are a couple other million, millions of Ukrainians uh, use crypto. So why government can do this legal make this legal yeah. in Ukraine. So this one of their purposes, and uh, of course we were doing this with a, in close touch with their community. And how was FTX involved in setting all of this up? I'm obviously a huge fan of them. I've had Sam Bakeman freed on the show multiple times, but I know that they've been pivotal in setting up the donation platform and, and other things. Well, um, I don't know technical details, but uh, we started to talk to them because National Bank wanted to have a bridge and they set up also a fund to help Ukrainian army and for humanitarian needs. And some people were wanted to donate. So National Bank proved that they can do that. So they partnered with FTX, FTX and uh, provided this uh, fiat uh, crypto bridge. So you can send crypto and this money goes directly to uh, a national bank account. So this is this is just amazing. I mean, this is this is really cool uh, example of uh, how government could partner with crypto companies. And you talked about that you had massive adoption of crypto already in Ukraine, and it was very much a part of your future plans. Do you think that with everything that's happened since the war started, the perception of crypto has changed at all in the country for better or worse? Well, I think with the crypto fund, it's definitely changed to a better one, especially um, uh, from the government side. Because again, um, we as a Minister of Digital Transformation totally had a vision how we want to move forward with crypto. But uh, in the same time, there are, Ukraine is pretty much, it's, it's a big country. We, 40 million people and uh, territory is huge. Um, so there are a lot of different government brand branches and authorities that was skeptic about crypto. So right. we were doing a lot to convince them. And um, now with CryptoFun and those things, it's 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 became easier. It, it's 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 relatively easy. I think that's probably not just true in Ukraine. I think that all over the world, people are seeing how it's being used there, and it's actually making a lot of skeptics come on to uh, Team Crypto, so to speak, which is really inspiring, I think, to see. Are there any massive misconceptions or misinformation that you see coming out that we should know is not true in general? Uh, um, well, we're definitely not Nazis or fascists, <laughs> like Russian propaganda says there, there's no bio or chemical weapon, I'm 100% sure. 
we're a peaceful nation. We never invaded anyone. And even before, right before the war, quite frankly, we didn't expect it. We, we hope till the last moment that it's not going to happen. That, uh, and, and our president was saying till the last day that uh, we have no intentions to fight with Russia. So what they're telling is are complete lies. Also, they're telling we're bombing and destroying our cities ourselves. It, it's, it, it's total bullshit. Um, it, we value every life, every people, citizen life, and every piece of uh, Ukraine is, is very valuable for us. So we had and still have beautiful cities. And I don't know if you were in Ukraine, but for the last couple of years, Ukraine advanced very fast to the country that is, it's, it's a nice country where you want to live. I used to live in the States and I'm in New York, I moved back. So, and I like Kiev, it's amazing. There are a lot, of, a lot of other cities. So what they're telling is complete nonsense. And I think the world should know that. I think most people do, but of course there are still quite a few people who, who need convincing. Are you concerned at all about the narrative of Russia or Russians or oligarchs utilizing crypto to circumvent sanctions? Um, I believe that there, um, there could be cases when, if you speak specifically about oligarchs, I don't know, but what I know is that Russian Russians using uh, ODC and using those different types of exchanges uh, to move up money outside Russia. And we see those evidences because we track their mass media and social media, and they even post uh, like instructions on how to get out money and or transfer from their rubles to US dollar or other um, like euro or other currencies. So I don't know, I can't say if it's a massive, um, but but I, I think they're they testing and right. Um, it, it depends on uh, on the length of this war and, and sanctions because with with more time and more time because Russian government uh, like limiting and more limiting their ability to free moving finances free so with that uh, with more actions and more actions and towards this uh, crypto will be used more and more so this is my my understanding of what's going to happen. I mean, that makes perfect sense that people would try to get their money out of the country. And what you're saying is the social media was telling them how to do it with dollars and euros as much as with crypto. So it's, once again, it's not a crypto problem. It's obviously an issue of people trying to hide their money yeah, and, and yeah. move around sanctions, which you would, I guess, naturally assume to happen. Before I let you go, most important question maybe now is how can we still help you? What can we do from other parts of the world to make sure that you have the support that you need? Well, uh, again, I'm going to say that, that we really appreciate the support of international community uh, of on the government level and on the personal level. We really feel it, and this is inspiring. It's really inspiring for us. Um, we definitely need help to our refugees, which we have like three million people over over three million people already left Ukraine. So, giving them job, giving them any assistance would definitely help. 
we as a government, we, of course, we encourage people to donate, but once it's over, we uh, welcome everyone to Kiev to consider us as, uh, as a place where you can conduct business because the Ukrainian economy definitely would need a boost. And is the best place for people to donate in crypto still the addresses yeah. supplied by Ukraine government? Yeah, we, we, we've, we've released uh, a website called donate.thedigitalgov.ua. So there are, uh, there are um, addresses and, and available tokens. So everyone can see that. Well, I, I'm confident that uh, once this is all over and you've won, that the crypto community will be coming in droves to Ukraine to to operate and invest based on what you were already building even be, before the war. So I think that uh, mm -hmm. that will definitely happen. I want to thank you so much. Like I said, it's really an honor. I know that your time is extremely valuable. We're all very much pulling for you. For you. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Take care. Bye.